Welcome to Black History 365 and Throwdown, a series where I explain, educate, and explore historical events on some black figures in world history and recount the struggles and triumphs of black people worldwide. I'm your host, Yusuf Fursi, and in this episode, I present the way country music has its roots in African American culture and the eventual whitewashing of it. Ever since the global success of Lil Nas's ex Old Town Road in 2019, a country song from a black artist should not be a surprise to anyone. According to the true origins of country music, not only is country music rooted in black culture, but it originated with blues music and West African music traditions. When Africans were violently uprooted from their homelands and enslaved on a foreign land, in this case America, by white colonizers, they saturated the country with slang, and dialects of their languages, African-American vernacular English, and their native plants, fruits, and vegetables, as, as well as African dishes, their rural ways, and finally their music. It took 400 years of the Middle Passage, work songs, field haulers, shouts, chants, spirituals, and bloodshed and sorrow to create blues music. In regards to this, early blues music depicted the dangerous and daily tragedies slaves had to endure and was the genesis to create its derivatives like Chicago blues, Memphis blues, blues rock, country blues. Also, rock and roll is a byproduct of the blues, believe it or not, and it paved the way for country and bluegrass. Like blues music and its tantalizing derivatives that continues to flourish, its blood-soaked roots. The banjo was uniquely African-American. When in Africa, the banjo was called by other names, Banjar, Banji, and Benza. It was in the 17th century when African captives created the banjo, and it was brought to America from the West Indies, from Africa. It is nearly identical to the accounting of Senegal and Gambia, and played with the same downstroke technique. Up until the early 1840s, African captives were the only ones who played banjos. Joel Sweeney, a white man who performed in blackface minstrels, was the earliest documented white banjo player. He was responsible for popularizing the banjo. However, he learned how to play it from slaves on a Virginia plantation, then standardized its construction for simpler use, created a lesson book, and sold it. It's safe to say that this man's efforts were the blueprint for country music to become whitewashed. The banjo grew in stature worldwide thanks to minstrel shows, a widely popular form of theater in the 19th century that stemmed from medicine shows, traveling theaters and circuses, music halls, Irish music and dance in African. With the explosive acclamation of Harriet Beecher Stowe's book Uncle Tom's Cabin, and the subsequent plays, Minstrels eventually incorporated those storylines into its and brought this to presentation, included the banjo from for Southern authenticity and international audience for more than 100 years. Once phonographs came along in the early 20th century and segregated sound and the vignettes and Tom shows that recreated scenarios from the novel, creating the quote unquote the great cause in the wake of the Civil War. During the Great Migration North, many black folk left the banjo, country music, and so many other African traditions in the South for a new life elsewhere. 
Yet their influence in country and bluegrass remains substantial in fundamental ways, most notably as a guiding force behind its brightest luminaries. T-Top Payne, a guitarist and street performer from Louisiana, was the only teacher and mentor to the legendary Hank Williams, teaching him passing chords and how to write songs. Categories along racial lines to market and sell music, the long-standing traditions that blurred those lines were virtually discarded. Country grew from a need to appease a Southern audience that had idolized and musician Leslie Riddle befriended the Carter family, found and transcribed Negro spirituals for them and gave them guitar lessons, thus establishing the bedrock of country music. Fiddler and guitarist Arnold Schultz, the son of a former slave from a family of musicians and performers, played a pivotal role in the life of Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass. He gave him his first gig, introduced him to the blues, and taught him a Kentucky thumb-style guitar technique that would make musician Chet Atkins famous. Bill Monroe said that Arnold Schultz was his best friend and always spoke of him fondly. So the banjo, how the banjo was so thoroughly sanitized of its blackness is an analogy for the kind of cultural appropriation that has always defined America, now more than ever. The overwhelming African-American contributions to country and bluegrass remain just beneath the surface for anyone that's willing to listen. And this concludes this episode. For more information on this podcast, you can check out my site for this podcast at Black History 365 The Throwdown. WordPress.com and the show is made possible by Anchor, which is providing a great and easy to use service for new and seasoned podcasters. If you enjoy learning something new from the show, then make sure to subscribe on Spotify or whichever platforms you listen to your podcasts on. By doing this, you'll stay up to date on future episodes. And remember that black history should be learned about and celebrated every day and not just in 28 days. So stay educated and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Yusuf Percy, and until the next episode, peace.